Hi, I have something to share with you today, but um, firstly, I hope you're doing good. It's raining in some places, it's sunny in some places, cold in some places, hot in some places. But I hope that wherever you are, you're doing good and you're keeping safe. So yes, this episode was inspired by a post I made through her dream initiative blog channel. So it was a post on sexual harassment. And as we all know, sexual harassment is not something we hear once in a while. It's something we hear every single day, every single minute in all parts of the world. And so it just got me thinking, if this issue is so rampant, it means that for every victim, there's a different perpetrator. In some cases, a perpetrator will continually does the same thing over and over again. So you could have a single perpetrator harass a woman seven times in a week, nine times in a week, ten times in a week without being reported or without actually being punished for it. And so I made a post with the intention of helping people know how to act in situations like that. For example, when you're in a bus and you suddenly see a man, you know, harassing a lady in the bus, what do you do? How do you act? And so, yes, this post is still available, but something shocking happened after I made this post. I did a brief analytical check on the the post we've had in the past and that particular one. And I discovered that that was the lowest statistics ever. And it made me realize one thing. As much as this thing happens every day, we have become so immune that we've normalized it as part of the daily happenings. We just see it on the news and we're like, oh, someone got harassed. Okay, yeah. And when this immunity builds up, when this insensitivity builds up, what we have is perpetrators who justify their acts. We have people who actually don't have the chance to be corrected and they keep doing it because they begin to see, oh, maybe it's not so wrong. Maybe it's not so bad. So I know on podcasts, we don't ask direct questions, but I have to ask you, what role are you playing in ending gender-based violence all over the world? What role are you playing in making sure the world is safer for women and girls? I can't imagine the horror some people go through every day knowing that they're going to walk and will be harassed by at least one or two people on the way. And maybe one person even when they get to the office. And then maybe an extra person when they're coming back home in the night. So it makes me worried, really. Is it the attitude we need to correct? Is it the laws that need to be changed? But what I know is, I am tired to have this mindset of, yeah, I'm tired too, but what are you doing? I got tired to the extent that I... I actually picked up a book, Everyday Sexism by Laura Bates, and I realized that she did a massive work on this. She created a hub for people, women, girls, men. Imagine even men sharing their experiences of being harassed by women on the road. Just makes me wonder, is it, is it the world generally that is getting dark? Yes, we know that, that the world is getting dark, but really, it makes me wonder how we've normalized it. And... You know, in that hub, she shared people's stories of being harassed in their workplace, being harassed in school, 
everywhere on the media it's it's really becoming overwhelming and i'm sure you are tired so what do we do this episode is actually very brief because the next voice you'll be hearing will probably be jemima jemima lovat is the founder of try future and she is dedicated to gender equality gender equity and ending certain practices discriminatory practices against women all over the world and i would say she has done a terrific job so far in building a network of law changers in, including myself that help with research on various issues bordering women rights and so yes i know you would definitely enjoy listening to her and somehow just know that you can be a part of the change I also wrote a post, like I mentioned earlier, on what to do when you see someone being sexually harassed. Now, everyone is different. Everyone has their passion, their interest. But I certainly believe that the core of humanity, the core of human conscience, is seeing your neighbor in danger and wanting to help. It's it's like instinct. And it may just be that I'm listening to... Um, a person shared their experience about sexual harassment and it bothers me a lot and i believe it bothers you too i mean i've seen so many people suffer in silence when they share with people what they get is doubt disbelief blame blame especially which is even more traumatic than what they went through so yes you could be part of the change you could be the person changing someone's life literally because you have no idea the psychological effects of trauma, of blame, of guilt, what this does to victims. And the painful thing is the perpetrators feel none of these emotions. They literally just go on their merry day, not knowing that they've literally damaged the mind of another person. So this is not what humanity is about. This is not what God intended. And I believe that as you listen to this episode, you would feel some sort of responsibility to the world to do something about it. Jemima Lovett, thank you so much for taking this time out. Hi, everyone. Thank you to Heritage and the Herdry Initiative for inviting me along to your podcast. I'm so delighted to be here. It's just great to be chatting with you about all things gender equality. Um, my name is Jemima and I am the founder of Thrive Future. I'm also a lawyer, a keen swimmer and a huge other fan. In fact, it's usually what you can find me listening to on the way to and from the Thrive office. Um, I began my journey into gender equality, advocacy, policy and law um, really in 2014 when I started volunteering for a domestic abuse charity and was really shocked by the prevalence and lack of action on this issue. So I started working on their youth council and then chaired their youth council a year later and opened the first international branch of the youth council in Johannesburg. Two years later, the charity's patron, Carol Stone, OBE, sponsored me to attend One Young World Ottawa, where I met many like-minded leaders and really gravitated towards those working to achieve gender equality. Back in London, I started working for the domestic abuse charity and also launched the One Young World and Domestic Abuse Working Group. The group wrote its business case to end domestic abuse, which I launched at One Young World Bogota a year later, and we subsequently organised a training day in the City of London. Building upon this work, Chanel contacted me through One Young World and we began working on end domestic abuse initiatives, including training days and a statement of intent. 
A few months later, the COVID-19 pandemic started and the number of domestic abuse cases increased significantly. Companies who remembered the launch of the business case got back in touch, and so I decided to formalise this work into a social enterprise, and thus Thrive was born, with Chanel as its first client, which is always quite a cool story to tell. Um, I knew immediately that we needed to work in partnership with frontline charities and bring their expertise to our corporate clients. And really by bringing the private, public and social sectors closer together, I believe we can achieve gender equality. Over the following months, it became clear that this work fitted into a bigger agenda. And so we now work with many businesses to address domestic abuse, stranger harassment and unequal pay. These issues affect people of all genders and none, but the experience of survivors from the abuse itself to the support they can access is heavily influenced by gender. Building upon the domestic abuse work, clients began to talk with me about their gender pay gap, the loss of opportunities due to gender inequality, and the fear of sexual harassment that employees experience on their way to and from work. So we launched our Thrive Pledge and three programmes to help businesses take meaningful steps to address these issues. Today, Thrive is a social enterprise addressing the most challenging problems that are preventing us from achieving global gender equality. It is a huge privilege to work with businesses and charities to address one of the highest potential inequalities in the world. In terms of challenges that I've faced whilst undertaking this work and setting up Thrive, I guess the greatest challenge is really the misconception that domestic abuse, stranger harassment and unequal pay are somehow not a problem for businesses. I remember when I first started this work, I spoke to an HR director at a FTSE 100 company who said that if they ran domestic abuse training, then people would just think they hired lots of victims. It was so awful to hear the complete lack of empathy and disregard with which survivors of domestic abuse were treated just in that sentence. Even now, I still get a lot of resistance from businesses to doing this important work because they see it as too challenging and not a priority. But as we know, 75% of domestic abuse survivors experience abuse at work, and one in three homicides resulting from domestic abuse take place on workplace grounds. So domestic abuse definitely is a workplace problem that needs to be solved through education, training and policies. In terms of what we can do to reduce domestic abuse now here in 2022 this year, realistically, securing change from government in such a short time frame um, is going to be very challenging. So I do believe the most effective way to reduce domestic abuse cases is to persuade businesses to run training um, and also to implement policies. That way their employees will know about it, how to spot signs early on and where to find frontline services if they need them. But also that knowledge spreads out into the community. So employees take it home to their families, their communities, um, and the knowledge is shared. Um, So businesses can be a huge catalyst for addressing this problem and reducing cases right here, right now in 2022. In terms of book recommendations, um, well, I have been reading the My Brilliant Friends series by Elena Ferrante, which are just amazing. Um, I love the way she captures female dialogue and relationships so well. Um, plus, it's set in Italy, which is one of my favourite countries, um, and I'm actually planning uh, an interrail trip to Italy in September. So it's just, yeah, the perfect book for me right now, and I really recommend it to anyone who hasn't come across the series or Elena Ferrante. Um, the first one is called My Brilliant Friend, and there's four in the series, and they're excellent. So I definitely recommend those. For the future at Thrive, we've got just absolutely tons going on. Uh, the best thing to do is really to follow our social media. We're on Instagram as thrive.future. And you can also find like other social media links on our website, which is thrivefuture.org. 
you can join our research hub or our law changes network or if you work for a business that you think would benefit from gender equality training then do get in touch at hello at thrivefuture.org um, and yeah stay in touch with us chat to us let us know what you think about our work we're really interested to hear from our community and from people who are committed to gender equality um, and want to discuss potential solutions so yeah do get in touch through any of those methods Thank you so much for having me, Heritage. Um, really delighted to be here. It's so great to chat with you and your listeners. And yeah, um, sending lots of love. Speak soon.